Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Every summer in Chicago, the sunshine spotlights the city's spectacular skyline, its luxurious lakeshore, marvelous monuments, and the over 200 neighborhoods in the city. And it also brings to light two of the greatest sports franchises in the world. On the north side, it's the Cubs. On the south side, it's the White Sox. This is Crosstown Crosstown. Hello and welcome to a very exciting May 26th, 2022 of our Lord and Savior edition of Crosstown Crosstalk presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi and I am very excited to be here with you all today. It's been a tough week. It's been a tough week. There's no doubt about it. Sadness and devastation across our country. Um, I hope everybody's able to find a little bit of peace and quiet throughout the weekend and enjoy yourself a little bit. Hopefully you're able to watch some baseball. Okay. Some sports hockey's outstanding basketball. The writing's kind of on the wall a little bit in the NBA, but you know, hopefully we're able to have a couple smiles here today and get you off into the weekend running. You might notice the shirt I'm wearing. It says Henrique. It's over. Okay. Adam Henrique in 2012 on this day, yesterday, May the 25th, 2012, 10 years ago. Wow, 10 years ago. My favorite goal in the history of the National Hockey League ever was scored. Check it out. Johnson's carefully put away by Lundquist. Now Ponikarovsky with it. To a one in front block there. Scramble for it there. They plug away at it. Still it's loose. Pumped out by Kovalchuk. They score! Henry! It's over! And it was in that moment that the New Jersey Devils defeated the New York Rangers in the Eastern Conference Final to earn a berth in the 2012 Stanley Cup Final. It was right there as my all-time favorite sports moment. Uh, the White Sox winning the World Series. Um, it's really those two, to be honest. I really enjoyed watching the White Sox win the 2021 American League Central Division live on air last year on this show. But Henrique gets over is definitely like right there for me. I just wanted to share that with everyone so everybody can, you know, maybe recall what your favorite sports moments were of all time. Mine came 10 years ago yesterday. If you have something that comes to mind, I know there are probably some Cub fans watching this that recall a late November evening, early November morning in 2016 probably comes to mind. Obviously, the White Sox fans thinking about October 25th, 2005, changing that franchise's history forever. There are probably even some people in the chat right now that might recall. I don't actually know the exact date offhand, but it was a, a winter morn or a winter day in 1986 when the 1985 Bears won Super Bowl 20. Obviously, stuff like that is always going to be near and dear to our hearts. And Henrik, it's over. Shout out to the great Mike Doc Emmerich for that call. We miss you very much. The last time Doc called the game was game six of the Stanley Cup final in the bubble between the Dallas Stars and Tampa Bay Lightning. Only the Lightning have won a cup since Doc retired and they're still alive in the final four. So all the hockey fans, make sure you tune in to Bar Down Talking Hockey every single Wednesday. Frankie Mueller, Vinny Parisi, Joey Parisi talking about the NHL in depth for a solid two hours minimum. Sometimes we go three these days. So love family, love hockey. On to baseball. Very interesting times in Major League Baseball right now. Everybody kind of has ups and downs so far. The best teams in the league. I'm going to release my power rankings here in a couple minutes. We're going to go through each and every team. One of the teams near the top, the only team they've struggled against so far this season has been one of the worst teams in the league. We'll get a little more detail in that later. But the point I'm trying to make is nothing is concrete in Major League Baseball right now. Nobody's necessarily pulling away being like that is the true 
World Series favorite right there. I just don't see that from any one particular team. There's a pocket of like 10 or 11 teams that I legitimately could see getting hot and going on a run. One of them plays right here in town. You know, they always, they either have a game where they look like complete dog crap, or then they come out in a night like yesterday and just win a tight game against a really good team. It's always crazy to me the way baseball works. And hopefully that team that I'm referring to, which we will talk about in a little bit, goes on a nice little heater here. And we got the Crosstown Classic coming up this weekend, so we will preview that as well. Let's start with some power rankings. Okay, it's it's not easy to rank Major League Baseball teams. It's not easy to rank every team in any sport. I'm going to see if Frankie Mueller is interested in doing this with National Football League teams at like where we stand right now because I know we have some hard disagreements on certain teams, but obviously we'd probably agree on most teams. I know there's a particular football team from Denver, Colorado, that I think is just an absolute top five wagon. And Mr. Mueller himself isn't necessarily as sold on them as I am yet. And I think the Bears are the worst team in the NFC North. And I'm going to get a lot of flack for that too. Um, So maybe we'll do that with football too. But for this week, we're going to do it with baseball. I present to you the six worst teams in Major League Baseball, starting at number 30, the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds, my friends, might compete with the 2003 Detroit Tigers for the worst team in Major League history. Now, they've won a couple games here. Um, They are actually right now playing against the Chicago Cubs, and they are winning 11-5 in a rain-delayed game. It is an official game according to Major League Baseball rules and regulations. So if they decide to call it, the game would be over in favor of the Cincinnati Reds. It's not a great look for the Cubs to be losing to this team. But I do believe that as we stand right now in a power ranking, the Cincinnati Reds are the worst team in the league. And to be honest with you, I don't like it one bit. The Cincinnati Reds are one of the OG teams in Major League Baseball. I'm pretty sure they were right there, if not the number one team. I would have to go back and fact check my National League history, but I'm pretty sure the Cincinnati Reds are right there for one of the oldest teams of all time. And, you know, there's just something about the Cincinnati Reds that screams baseball to me. I mean, they don't even have like a modern name. They're literally named after a color. And that just screams old school to me. They weren't creative enough to come with like creative enough to come up with a nickname for them that wasn't just a color. And I kind of appreciate that in the year 2022, when we're coming up with team names like the Golden Knights or the Kraken, you know what I'm saying? So there's just something about a, some simplicity that I appreciate here, and I wish they were better. And they don't treat their franchise like they're an old school team, an old, an old guard type of team. They act like a bunch of douches, and it kind of pisses me off. So Reds, get your shit together. 29, Kansas City Royals. Kansas City Royals are the bottom feeder team in the American League right now. They took a series, or the White Sox took a series over them, but it wasn't easy because their bats kind of stink right now. But of course, the Royals, they play teams hard. They have Bobby Witt Jr., who's one of the best young prospects in Major League Baseball. I enjoy watching them play because of some of the talent that's on their team, but overall, just not good treading times for the Kansas City Royals right now. I do believe they will finish in last place of the American League Central Division this year. Number 28, the Washington Nationals. Is it possible that a top three player in Major League Baseball right now plays on a bottom three team? Yes, it is. The three best players in Major League Baseball are, in fact, Shohei Otani of the Los Angeles Angels, Mike Trout of the Los Angeles Angels, and Juan Soto of the Washington Nationals. Unfortunately, the Nationals just aren't very good around him. There's no more Scherzer. There's no more Bryce Harper, obviously. It's just not the 2019 or excuse me. Yeah. The 2019 world series champion Washington nationals that we once knew they are certainly going to be rebuilding. They might even trade Juan Soto. If not this year, next year, it's going to be interesting to see that development. They will be one of the more interesting teams to follow because of the Juan Soto storyline and he's must see TV. So you got to keep tuning into these Washington nationals games, regardless of their record at number 27 is Detroit Tigers, the Detroit Tigers they are probably the biggest disappointment in Major League Baseball. Um, I went into this season thinking that the Tigers were going to probably be the second best team in the American League Central. 
Of course, the Twins have exceeded my expectations. We'll get to them later. And the White Sox are still waiting to meet my expectations. They haven't so far yet. I'm still a believer that they will. But Detroit's way worse than any team in the league in terms of my ex expectations to what they are right now. Um, Javier Baez, Spencer Torkelson, their whole pitching staff is on injured list, it seems like. Um, we saw what um, Miguel Cabrera, Miggy, did early in the season, reaching his 3,000th career hit. That was remarkable, but it hasn't been much fun since then for the Tigers. So we'll see what happens with them going forward. 26th, the Pittsburgh Pirates. I mean, their run differentials crap. It's in the minus 80s. That's honestly insane. And yes, they lost one game to the Chicago Cubs, 21-0. That doesn't help their run differential in any way, shape, or form. But even if you take away that Chicago Cubs burial of the Pirates that day, because the Pirates actually did win that series, which a lot of people will never forget or never remember that the Pirates won that series over the Chicago Cubs where they lost 21-0 in one game, they'd still be in like the minus 60s. So when they lose, they lose. And a fact that a team with that low of run differentials this high on the power rankings tells you that they've had some wins, but got to be better Pittsburgh Pirates. Number 25, a team with common interest on this show, the Chicago Cubs. Listen, people know me. They know I'm a White Sox fan. They know I'm a Cub hater from time to time. And it's mostly a joke. I like to be a troll online sometimes, but I also like to talk real. And going into the season, there were no real expectations on the Chicago Cubs. If anything, they've exceeded some of them in the early going when guys like Ian Happ, Patrick Wisdom, Seiya Suzuki, who got hurt in the game today, unfortunately. We'll see how long he's out, if he's out at all. Um, it's just not a team that really should have much expectations. Their pitching's not great. They're putting together a pretty decent bullpen. They'll probably trade off some of those guys like they did last year with Tapera going to the White Sox and Chafin going to the Oakland A's and Kimbrell going to the White Sox. Cubs did well with their bullpen trading last year. We'll see if they're able to do it again. As of right now, though, I have them as a bottom six team in Major League Baseball. I'm not sure it's going to be a while before they're ever back to being good again. I do think they will go for Carlos Correa again in this offseason. Um, I certainly think there's a chance that they move on from guys like Patrick Wisdom, Frank Schwindel. These guys can go hit home runs batting seventh or eighth in another lineup. You know, a team that's contending, a team that might give you something for those guys. The next thing the Chicago Cubs need to do is decide what is Wilson Contreras going to do? Is he going to like beg for extension? I'm a little hesitant here, guys, on this Wilson Contreras stuff, and I'll tell you why. If Wilson Contreras was just a for sure Chicago Cub for life, and that's what they wanted as an organization, I believe Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer would have done it a long time ago. I don't, I don't know if there's a red flag somewhere that's keeping them from doing it. There are a lot of fans who, based on performance and position scarcity at the catcher position, that want it to be done, which I totally understand. It's not often you find a catcher with a slash line of a Wilson Contreras over the course of his career. He's got an absolute cannon of an arm. He's obsessed with winning almost to a level of nuisance if you're not a fan of the Cubs. I just don't get why he hasn't been extended yet. And you could get a lot for him. So that's why I think that's the biggest move for the Cubs. We'll see if they're able to you know, kind of decide their direction by the time Wilson Contreras is done. Because when they traded Brian Rizzo and Baez last summer, it was like, okay, well, they still have Wilson Contreras. We don't know for sure if they're fully rebuilding yet. Do these guys just need to get out of here? Do they need a change? Well, if Wilson Contreras goes, then your only remaining pieces from your 2016 World Series team are Jason Hayward, Kyle Hendricks. Is that it? Ian Happ was probably somewhere along the line in AAA. I don't even, is that really it? It's just, it's crazy what has happened with uh, that team over a short period of time, but it goes to show you like this should be a lesson for the White Sox or any team that's got a window of contention open right now. You never know how fast this stuff can turn around and people were like, oh can't, can't keep Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant. Why would you do that? 
they haven't been winning with them. But then they go to other teams and are sick, and it's like, whoa, what are you talking about? These are great players. It's the rest of the team that's been an issue. So for the sake of Cub fans, hopefully they're able to turn it around. Now we'll get into the next 12. And that, I believe, is 24 through 13. And, you know, from 24 back to 13, at 24 you got the Baltimore Orioles, who originally this show was supposed to be dedicated to the Baltimore Orioles. The guest that I was supposed to have on, Jeremiah, he had a family issue that caused him to back out for today. We will have him on a future episode to talk Baltimore Orioles baseball. That's probably been the number one most neglected team on this show, I would say, because I can literally look at this. I have the list of Major League Baseball teams in front of me. I'm pretty sure I've given every single one of them a fair shake, except I literally cannot recall any point in time where I had an extensive Baltimore Orioles conversation. That's not necessarily going to be the case today because we've got a lot of teams to get to, but they are a fun team to watch. At the beginning of the season, I probably would have had them in the bottom three with the Reds. Okay, but they called up Adley Rushman, who is one of the top baseball prospects in the world. Oregon State played minor league baseball, kind of paid his dues a little bit in a way, especially for a number one overall pick. I mean, guys from his draft have come up way quicker. Like we've seen what Andrew Vaughn has been for the White Sox over the last two years. Rushman went in the same draft, one overall, and Vaughn, went three to the White Sox. So, you know. We'll see if Rushman ends up proving to be worthy of being drafted ahead of Vaughn because Vaughn has just been magnificent, and I would have to look at the rest of the players taken in that draft. But he's had a pretty good start to his career. We're waiting for the power numbers to come up a little bit. The OPS isn't bright shining, but the 250 average is okay for a rookie. He's got five hits with a triple, no home runs, as I mentioned, waiting on the power. Hopefully the Baltimore Orioles are able to finally get back into things because in a similar vein as the Cincinnati Reds, not quite as old school. I mean, their team name is the Orioles. They're named after an uncommonly seen bird. But Major League Baseball feels different when the Baltimore Orioles are good. I remember 2014 AL East champions choked in the playoffs. But when I think of the Baltimore Orioles, I'm thinking Miguel Tejada, Cal Ripken Jr., one of the all-time great Ironmen in any sport. Um, I'd like to see the Orioles get back into contention, and hopefully some of these guys can – get it done. Oh, I do remember one time I talked about the Baltimore Orioles on this show, actually, when Trey Mancini came back early last year and me and Joey were hyping him up because he was a cancer survivor coming back playing well. Um, but yeah, go Orioles. I'm, I'm enjoying watching them. They're a fun team. That's why they're not in the bottom six, but they're still not a great team. Fun teams don't have to be great teams. Speaking of fun teams, I talked about the Detroit Tigers as the most disappointing team at any point in this MLB regular season so far. That distinction probably even more than the Tigers belongs to the Seattle Mariners. And there's still plenty of time for these teams to figure it out. But the Seattle Mariners sitting there at 23, that's just, that's no good. They won 90 games last year and they have the longest playoff drought out of any team in Major League Baseball, National Hockey League, National Football League. National Basketball Association. Big four, biggest playoff drought, Mariners. They got to make the playoffs one of these years. There's no excuse. You went out and signed Robbie Ray in the offseason. You made some big moves. You were one of the most successful teams in the offseason. I know there was a lockout, but before the lockout and after the lockout, few people have an offseason that rivaled yours. Maybe the Texas Rangers, you know, as and the Toronto Blue Jays. I don't know. I just... The Seattle Mariners, I thought they were going to take a step and win the, that division this year. Not going to happen. They stink. Number 22, the Miami Marlins. They're just the Miami Marlins right now. Jazz Chisholm Jr. is like an MVP candidate in the National League. He actually is somebody who might be a guest on this show based on a connection that I have. But as of right now, I just see the uh, Miami Marlins, and I'm thinking of a team that they really could have outstanding uniforms and outstanding presence in Major League Baseball playing in a market like Miami, which is, you know, obviously prominent of people from Latin America coming up and enjoying baseball. I know the Miami Marlins have a pretty good following in Central America. I'd like to see the Marlins be better, get better jerseys, do something, Marlins. When you were the Florida Marlins and you had like Carlos Delgado and, you know, that crew back in the day, that was fun. That was really fun. The 2003 Miami Marlins, 
Some people are going to throw their remotes at the screen when they hear me talk about that team, referencing Chicago Cubs fans. But I'm not even being a troll, just the 2003 Marlins. They were outstanding. Miguel Cabrera. I mean, it was just – it used to be good times for the Florida Marlins. Now they've just been kind of bad for the last couple of years. And I know they haven't been the same since the tragedy to Jose Fernandez with the boating incident. But, you know, you traded Giancarlo Stanton to the New York Yankees. D. Gordon gets sent off to um, the Seattle Mariners. You trade Christian Yelich to the Milwaukee Brewers. He becomes an MVP. I would just like to see that team stop stinking. At 21, we have the Oakland Athletics. The A's are probably going to be the Vegas Athletics by the time 2025 rolls around. That's my prediction. Um, I don't think the MLB is going to stay out of Vegas for very long. Them and basketball are missing out out of having a team in that market. The A's are next to go there, I think. If they don't expand there first, but I think the A's probably saving the A's for Vegas. It just seems right. It sucks, though, because Oakland, like Cincinnati, they're one of the OGs. You know, you watch an old school baseball movie, you got guys wearing A's jerseys. And it's, it's one of those simple old names of the athletics. And let's call them the A's. And we'll just make their colors green and yellow. I mean, it's awesome. And Billy Bean is still their GM. He knows what he's doing. We've seen him do these rebuild type years before. We've all seen Moneyball. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. When um, Ingrid Isringhausen... Damon and Giambi all leave. They replace them with a pitcher that throws funny sidearms, Scott Hatterberg, all these guys who were nobodies anymore. And they end up they end up going out and winning a AL West pennant. And they end up not making it to the World Series. I'd like to just see somebody else with the A's, not GM wise, just somebody who could give Billy Bean a little bit more financial stability. And turn this team into a prominent team because I think baseball would be better if the Bay Area, if that part of the Bay Area had good baseball. I mean, when the A's were in the wild card game a couple years ago, it was fun. But right now, they're just not a good team. They sold off everyone. Bassett, gone. They still have Mania, but Bassett's in New York playing with the Mets. Traded Matt Olson to the Atlanta Bravos. Um, who am I missing? Um Uh, There was one more player, Chapman, Chapman. He's with the Mets now, too. It's just just not what you want to see from a team like the Oakland A's. At 20, we have the Cleveland Guardians. Cleveland Guardians are a pitching factory. They keep pumping out pitchers like nobody's business, and everybody likes to see it. So they're kind of one of those medium teams. The bats aren't that great, but they do have Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez is one of the best players in Major League Baseball, and everybody better treat him as such. It was nice to see the Cleveland Guardians finally pay one of their guys. Hopefully a local Chicago team is able to start following suit on that. At 19, you have the Philadelphia Phillies. There's probably no fan base I feel sorry for more than the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, they Good player after good player rolling through there. Bryce Harper, JT Real Muto, Jake, or, uh, Zach Wheeler. It's a really good team, and they just keep losing. So they sit out at 19. They're, they'll be in the wild card mix all year long, I think. But I think they're 20 and 24, but I just don't see it from the Phillies. They play in a tough division. I'm not seeing it from them. The Texas Rangers at 18, they spent a lot of money this offseason. And, you know, guy Marcus Semien. Okay, Marcus Semien is the guy the White Sox wanted as their second baseman. He hasn't really hit the ground running there yet. And I'm not sure that that contract is going to end up looking good five or six years from now. So maybe the White Sox dodged a bullet there, but they also got Chris Taylor. It's just a team that spent a lot of money in the offseason. They're better than they were last year, and they have a lot of nice prospects. So I do think they will be higher on this list by this time next year. But right now, just a middle-of-the-road number 18 team. At 17, the Colorado Rockies, big move, big unexpected move, signing Chris Bryant this offseason. They traded away. Nolan Arenado, who is also one of the best players in Major League Baseball a year prior to that. Uh, they started off well. I just think uh, I think they could be better. They're really good at home. They stink on the road. Curious decision by Chris Bryant, but he gets to go play up there in the mountains and just ignore everyone. And it's probably a good move for him in terms of financial stability and getting away from the noise and a lot closer to home, obviously, being from Vegas. 
but we'll see what happens with the Colorado Rockies. It would be fun seeing some Coors Field playoff games sometime in the future. I just don't see it this year. At 15, dead center in Major League Baseball. Oh, I skipped one. 16, Arizona Diamondbacks. They're much higher on this list than I would have thought three weeks ago. Some strong series with the Chicago Cubs last week. Listen, they get good hitting. The pitching's been pretty good. They're a middle-of-the-pack team, too. There's not much exciting about them in terms of, like, superstar power, but they just play a really nice game right now, and they're going to be a thorn in a lot of people's sides for the rest of the season. And finally, at 15, halfway through the league, the World Series champion, Atlanta Braves. Um, oh, when I talked about the Rockies, too, I forgot to mention they lost Trevor Story in free agency to the Boston Red Sox, too. We'll get to them in a minute here. Uh, 15, the Atlanta Braves World Series champions. Uh, they lost Freddie Freeman. It's going to take a while for Matt Olson to feel like he's the true replacement for him. Um, the Braves will figure it out, though. It, they're not going to repeat, I don't think. I don't think they're going to have a run like they did last year after starting the season in a very similar way last year. But I just don't um, I don't see it from the Braves this year. I, I don't even know if they're going to make the playoffs. I think I predicted them to make the playoffs going into the season. Because, like, how do you not pick the World Series champion to at least make it to the playoffs the following year? But we'll see how they're able to compete in the second half of the year. They have been a second-half team lately in the last couple years. But it's going to take a while for Matt Olson to really assert himself as the true first baseman of that team after such a legend like Freddie Freeman left the team. Um, Ronald Acuna Jr. is healthy, but he's getting back in the swing of things. I think everything's going to be okay in Atlanta. I'm just – I see a very, very, very mediocre team there right now. Um, at 14 is a team that probably would have been 10 slots lower literally a week ago. I don't know if I've seen a team jump up my power rankings as quickly as the Boston Red Sox going from last week in the mid-20s to this week at 14. Okay, the Red Sox are, I believe after yesterday's game, they are 10-4 and four in their last 14 games. That's unbelievable after just a brutal start. They started off 6-5 and five and then lost like 8 of 10, and now they're 10-4 uh, and 14 in their, 10 and four in their last 14. Not bad for the Boston Red Sox. Trevor Story, who I just mentioned, he's one of the hottest hitters in Major League Baseball right now, and he's only like their 5 or 6 guy in the lineup. You know, they, they lead off with Kike Hernandez, who's as capable as hitting a, of a leadoff home run as any player in the league. And then they run Devers, um, J.D. Martinez, Xander Bogarts, uh, Alexander Verdugo Red Sox, and then Story. That's as good of a top six in Major League Baseball. I saw a tweet from friend of the program, Nick Morowski, last night saying, when the Boston Red Sox have success, they come back with the exact same lineup the next day. Imagine that. Yeah, imagine that. Of course, he's referencing team number 13 on this list, your Chicago White Sox, who make a different lineup every single day, no matter what. They beat the Red Sox yesterday. Guess what they're going to do today? They're going to come out with a whole-ass new lineup today for the series finale against those very same Red Sox. The nice thing is, as good of the Red Sox, as good of a team as the Red Sox are, the White Sox have taken four out of five games against them so far this season. It would be really nice to take this series against them by winning this game tonight against the Red Sox. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, I think back-to-back -back series wins over two of the hottest teams in the league and the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox would be huge for the White Sox. There's a lot of doom and gloom on the south side because they can't really get far over 500 for any long stretch of time. But that's just because their April was so brutal with how injured they were. And the White Sox have the third best record in the American League in the month of May. Checking my watch. May's almost over. It's not like I'm saying that on May 7th and they're 4-3. and three. You know, month's almost over. They have one of the best records in the league in May. So things are starting to turn for the Chicago White Sox. Their April was so bad, though, that we need to see them get on like a, a tear level streak again here for them to kind of have a record that they need to have based on the roster that they have. They are one game out of a playoff spot. They're four games behind the Minnesota Twins for the division lead, I believe, but there's not much of a benefit. There's a benefit to having a bye this year, but if they're a wild card team, it's not like they're playing in a one game wild card this year. It could happen. I absolutely 
So uh, Aldo Gandia, great producer of this show, or great director of the show. Sox will be on top 10 by the end of June. I fully agree with that. They might squeak in by the end of May if they win this game against the Red Sox, sweep the Cubs, and then have a good series against the Toronto Blue Jays at the beginning of next week. We'll see Michael Kopech back in that series. He's taking some rest. Um, I like the White Sox roster. I don't see how anybody couldn't like the White Sox roster. I mean, you have guys who have been proven stars at a lot of positions, and they're just not hitting like we're used to seeing them hit so far this season. So I like this White Sox team. Go out and win this series against the Boston Red Sox, and it's going to be hard. You have the soft-tossing guy who can't hit a location to save his life anymore in Dallas Keuchel on the mound. But, you know, it's not like that Red Sox team is perfect. They have their flaws, but they're a really, really good team. I think they'll be in my top ten, too, by the time that the season is all said and done. There are a couple teams in my top 10 that I'm looking at here, and I'm skeptical about them staying there. Um, I'm not too sure about where the White Sox are going to finish this year. I'm not sure that they're a World Series team like I went into the season thinking, but I definitely think they're a top seven team in the American League and will be by the end of, Aldo says June, at least by the end of the season. You know, just be a playoff team by the end of the season and everything will be all good. Like I said, one game out of a wild card spot could be in a playoff berth by the end of tonight. And one of the teams they're chasing, the Toronto Blue Jays, come in at number 12. They are also the White Sox next opponent after the Crosstown Classic. So the top 12 does go as followed with the Toronto Blue Jays sitting there in the 12th spot. This Blue Jays team has they have all the talent in the world and they have a really nice pitching staff with Barrios leading the way um I like George Springer I like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Bo Bichette Lourdes Gurriel Jr. this Blue Jays team is stacked they're stacked they honestly should be higher than 12 in my estimation but based on the way they've played so far this season they've just they've been really good they just haven't been elite yet I think they'll be higher on this list as well, much like the great or much like the White Sox um, and the Red Sox, to be honest with you. At number 11, there's a chance the St. Louis Cardinals are the most hated team by all of our listeners combined. I personally kind of like the Cardinals because I'm a big old troll, but most of our fans probably, even White Sox fans, don't love the Cardinals because, like, how can anyone from Chicago like anything St. Louis? I thought St. Louis was kind of a fun town the one time I visited it, even though it was rather dead in terms of human activity. But the St. Louis Cardinals, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, Albert Pujols, um, obviously Wainwright is still in the rotation. Um, I'm missing – oh, the catcher, Yadier Molina. He's in his last year. All, all these old Cardinals are like the band is back together and hoping to have one more pretty good year. They're probably going to be a wild card team. They're they're just like they're the National League Yankees. Even in years where they're okay, they're still like that's by their standards, they're still like a playoff level team. Um obviously New York is better than usual this year, but the Cardinals they're up there. Ravi is in um Ravi's on the camp of tied with hatred with for the Packers as number 1. That's honestly that's honestly stunning. I can't imagine hating a team more than uh, I don't know. I'm I might dislike the Cubs just as much as I dislike the Packers. Yeah, Caitlin wants to know where the Cubs landed. They actually landed at spot number 25. If you're just tuning in, um it's not for any other reason other than they just don't win. I mean, they're losing 11 to 5 right now in a rain delay to the worst team in the league. Um, I honestly hate to see it. I know I crack on the Cubs all the time, but when they're good and like they ruined what could have been like the outstanding crosstown series that could have been because in 2017, it really looked by the time, by the time 2022 rolled around and when you're, you're sitting there in 2017, you're sipping on your morning coffee, getting ready to start your workday and you're thinking to yourself. It's 2017. In 2022, the Crosstown Series is going to be sick. 
The Cubs might have a World Series or two more. The core will all be signed long term. And Luis Robert, the 17-year-old phenom, is going to be well into his major league career by then. Jimenez is going to be outstanding. Moncada is going to be up there playing well. And the White Sox, in a way, kept their end of that bargain. But the Cubs have just fallen off a little bit quicker than other people thought. And it kind of sucks. I'm not, like, sitting here happy about it. So that's where they landed. At number 10, rounding out the top 10, is a team that, speaking of overachieving, going into this year, I didn't see them doing jack crap, and that's the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. The Angels have the two best players in Major League Baseball, Mike Trout 1, Shohei Otani 2. Their pitching has given them what they needed. The rest of their lineup has stepped up to the plate. I'm just very impressed with the way that this Angels team has played so far this season. They gave the White Sox a heck of a run. Obviously, obviously they split the series against them, and then the White Sox almost had that furious nine-inning comeback where I actually thought they were going to you know, win that game. But the Angels keep winning, Angels. I want to see the Angels make the playoffs. I really, really want to see the Angels make the playoffs. Trout's only made the playoffs once. Otani never has. So let's get these Angels into the playoffs. Hopefully their GM plays this the smart way, and I would love to see nothing more. Maybe they'll even play against the White Sox. I mean, that's absolutely possible. Um, I'm outstandingly excited about the Angels and hoping that they are able to make a run. Speaking of making runs, few teams in the American League have made runs in the last five or six years more than the Tampa Bay Rays. They're a little lower than they probably like to be on this list. But it is what it is. The Rays are a really good team. They don't have Glass now. He's going to probably miss the whole season, it's starting to sound like, which is just crazy. Um, he got hurt last year after the spider tech stuff happened, and he was gripping the ball too tight, and he hurt his elbow. It's honestly really sad because it probably cost him a Cy Young. It could have cost the Rays a World Series title. They won 100-something games without him last year, and it's just not good for them in terms of like the long term. But right now, the Rays are still a really good team, and I like watching them play. At number eight, speaking of overachieving, the Minnesota Twins. They hold the top spot in the American League Central Division. The White Sox are still chasing them for those Chicago fans watching this show right now. I like the Twins. I think they're a good team. I think they're overachieving just a tad. Byron Buxton is playing out of his mind. They have Carlos Correa, who hasn't even really reached Carlos Correa level potential yet so far this year. Their pitching has been pretty good. It's a bunch of like older guys who kind of like stepped into the rotation and just have kind of pitched well. But I mean, if Sonny Gray's your number one, are you necessarily a division contention team? Or are they just kind of lucky that the White Sox have been what they have been so far this year? We will see. They've yet to they've played each other once. It's gonna be fun to watch these games all season long. Um, Ravi says that on the TV, the Twins ballpark looks nice. You'd like to check it out? Yeah, Target Field is outstanding. It's known to be one of the nicer new stadiums in Major League Baseball. So, yeah, definitely go to Target Field. I I, I like watching that place a lot. Um, at 7, the San Francisco Giants. Giants, similarly to the Cardinals, are starting to have that feel of like a team that's just always pretty good. Last year, they led Major League Baseball with 107 wins. They lost them thriller of a five-game series to the Los Angeles Dodgers last year, but this Giants team is awesome. Mike Yastrzemski, he's the grandson of Carl Yastrzemski, one of the all-time great players in Major League Baseball, Boston Red Sox history. I like that Giants team, man. They're they're fun to watch. That West Coast hockey's on fire. Um, I kind of miss talking NL West baseball with Joey Parisi. Maybe we'll have a segment where he's able to come on sometime soon and get that back rolling again. Because speaking of National League West Baseball, I went back and forth on 6-7 and between the Giants and these San Diego Padres. They don't even have Fernando Tatis Jr. back yet because he he likes to ride motorcycles in the offseason and hurt himself doing it and make himself unavailable for his, you know, all-time contract that he earns in baseball. But they're still winning without him. Manny Machado's on another MVP-type season pace. Um, Eric Hosmer's having a really good year. They wanted to trade that guy for a bag of baseballs. Now they're probably happy they didn't. He's been awesome. And they have Snell, Darvish leading the way in their rotation. They have some nice pitching prospects like Mackenzie Gore that are one day going to be involved with the squad. So the daddies, 
the San Diego Padres, number six. Rounding out the top five, probably my second favorite National League team. I, I It's between the four team and the five team, to be honest with you. I, I love the Brew Crew. I like watching them play. I went to Wrigley Field and saw them once already this year. Um, the Brewers are a really good team. Their pitching staff is phenomenal. They kind of remind me of a National League version of the White Sox where it's a lot of pitching and the offense needs to figure it out. Um, I kind of think they will. I'm not sure they're going like, to be a World Series caliber. I mean, they're definitely a World Series caliber team, but I'm not sure they'll get to the NLCS. We'll see. But the Brewers, there's no doubt they are a very, very good team. At four, probably one of the more exciting teams in Major League Baseball, the New York Mets. The Mets had the big offseason, obviously. They went out and signed Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer is one of the very best pitchers who ever lived, ever lived. And he joins Jacob deGrom, who is also one of the greatest pitchers who ever lived. And both of them are hurt right now, which kind of feels like very Met-y to me. Their lineup scores runs. But here's the thing about the Mets, though. There have been many times where they're down this season by like six or more runs, and they come back and win. They come back and win these games. They are never out of a game. Francisco Lindor has been outstanding. And I enjoy watching the Mets play so far this year. Number three, the freaking Houston Astros, man. No matter who they lose... No matter how much people boo them or say horrible, horrible things to a guy like Jose Altuve or, well, Correa's gone. They lost Correa. This Kyle Tucker kid's outstanding. Springer's in Toronto. Cole's in New York. They got Verlander back, who's one of the best pitchers in baseball again. They're just one of those teams where you're like the freaking Houston Astros, man. Everyone hates them because of the cheating scandal of 2017. It came out in 2019. But damn, are they good. They're just good. And you have to tip your cap to them whether you hate them or not. Number two, a lot of people hate what the Los Angeles Dodgers do. I don't because, yes, they spend their money and they make trades for big money players. They make trades for big money players because they have the assets to trade for them because they are an elite ran team. They're like a mix of the Tampa Bay Rays and the New York Yankees. They have the baseball ops of the Tampa Bay Rays, and they combine that with a similar money situation of the New York Yankees, and it allows them to be awesome. Um, I really enjoy watching the Los Angeles Dodgers play. So they're going to be right there in contention for the World Series again. But... Yeah, Ravi says they're up there with the Yanks in terms of spending. Yes, it's true. It's true. But they they had the assets to trade for Mookie Betts. Okay, they had the assets to trade for Trey Turner. The Nationals would not have accepted the Nationals and Red Sox would not have accepted those trades if they felt they weren't getting fair returns and the Dodgers had fair returns to give without hurting their major league roster. That is a sign of a healthy organization in the minor leagues. Yes, they have money to combine with it, and that's why they are better than the Rays long-term, but they are similarly ran organizations in terms of depth and in terms of drafting and developing and signing international projects and developing those guys. And then once it's time to pay some of these guys, instead of trading a Blake Snell to the Padres or shopping Tyler Glasnow to the Cubs or trading Austin Meadows to the Pirates and then getting them back, instead of doing stuff like that, the Dodgers just pay them. That's the difference between a solid, smart, rich team and a solid, smart, poor team like the Rays. So I can't rip on the Dodgers like I can rip on the team that's number one here, the New York Yankees. The Yankees for a long time just buy whoever they want. It's not like they're this deep ran franchise that's just hella smart all the time. Um, they drafted and developed Aaron Judge, you know, quality player, but like they got DJ LeMahieu in a trade. Okay. They traded for Mike Stanton, Anthony Rizzo, Garrett Cole, they signed in free agency. Um, Severino, they brought in and drafted him them, himself. I'm not sure where Montgomery's from, but 
the New York Yankees, regardless of how they did it, as of right now, in my opinion, are the best team in Major League Baseball. And the best part about the New York Yankees, oh, they also traded for that complete freaking clown Josh Donaldson. Half their lineup is from trade except Judge, who they drafted and developed themselves. But regardless of how they did it, they put together the best team in baseball right now. Ravi brings up Glabar Torres, another guy they traded for. Okay, they traded for Chapman from the Reds. I mean, the Yankees trade and sign guys. And that's how they construct most of their lineup. But I can't shit on them because they are one of the best teams in the league. My favorite part about the Yankees right now is that their most recent series loss was to the Chicago White Sox. And the White Sox played a very good series against them, and I'm happy about it. I'm not sad about it one bit. I think the White Sox, when they are on their game, can be anybody, and that includes the New York Yankees. Um, I'm watching right now. Team USA just defeated Team Swiss for those hockey fans who are watching. I thought Team Swiss was going to kill the United States. And my guy, Nico Heischer, he's out. He turned he earned a player of the tournament for Switzerland, but that kind of stinks that the Swiss are out. I'm happy for Team USA moving on. My guy, Luke Hughes. Had an assist. He will be a, a teammate of Heesher down the line. But, you know, that's just my little off rant that makes no sense to going with my baseball power rankings. But I hope everybody enjoyed the baseball power rankings. Um, if you if you have some disagreements, lay them on me. We can have some healthy debate here. I don't really think, the like, who's going to disagree with one, two, and three or four, in my opinion? Five through 12 can be or 13 can be argued i think the middle of the pack can be argued in any way and like nobody can actually shit on you for your takes the bottom five seem pretty cut and dry too so you might flip a couple things around but if there's something you think i'm just so stupid and out of my mind about please tell me even if you think the cubs are better than 25th in the league even though they're getting killed by the cincinnati reds right now and are looking to lose a series to them or would it be splitting a series with them i believe it would be splitting a series with them um, to close our show today, after talking about our power rankings and everybody in the chat, Caitlin, Ravi, everybody, um, I believe King Pookie's here as well. I did want to address something that it makes me really sad. Today we were informed that 67-year-old actor of 35 years, Ray Liotta, passed away. Um, Ray Liotta is well known for lots of movies. The biggest movies he was known for were obviously Goodfellas, one of the all-time classics. And then, of course, Field of Dreams has a very special place on this show. Um, You all remember how me and Joey reacted to Field of Dreams, the Field of Dreams game between the Chicago White Sox and New York Yankees last year. It meant a lot to a lot of people around here. And not much of that would have been possible without just a sensational acting moment from Ray Liotta. In fact, I'm going to share with you all right now my all-time favorite scene in Field of Dreams. What? <laughs> what are you grinning at, you ghost? If you build it, he will come. It's just a lovely scene. And Ray Liotta, Shoeless Joe Jackson, they gave Ray Kinsella a chance to finally play catchers with his father. Most of us 
most of us in life know what it's like to have a catch with our dad. And it means a lot to a lot of people. And just seeing that scene come to life, he's wearing that beautiful White Sox jersey from the early 1900s. And he's playing one of the greatest hitters in Chicago White Sox history who's banned from baseball for life for basically being illiterate because ballplayers in the early 1900s weren't taught how to read. Playing a character of that type of prominence, Ray Liotta did a legendary job. And I know a lot of people who mourn him today remember Goodfellas. Goodfellas is outstanding. There's no doubt about it. But to me, Field of Dreams just means a little bit more. I love that movie so much. I love the idea of playing catch with my dad. I love the idea of going through time and doing what I can to help people, whether it be Ray helping Moonlight Graham or um, now I'm Terrence Mann, Shoeless Joe Jackson himself. Um, Caitlin in the chat, never seen this movie. We're going to have to change that really soon. Maybe, maybe we could change it today. It's just it's something that means a lot to me, and I hope Ray Liotta rests in peace. That movie will always sit with me in ways that people don't understand. So as Aldo points out through the Barroom Network's chat, bring a tissue. I'm, I'm getting misty talking about it right now. It just means so much to me. You combine baseball and family and love, you get Field of Dreams. So I leave everybody with that. I hope everybody enjoyed our show, Power Ranking the 30 Teams in Major League Baseball. I'll be back on Monday night with the South Burb Hitman boys. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Stay safe out there. Not a, It's not easy, but stay safe out there. Maybe watch some Field of Dreams. Happy Memorial Day to you. We will be back on Memorial Day at 8 p.m. to do South Burbs Hitman covering Chicago White Sox baseball. I hope everybody had a good time. And as always, thank you for listening. Put one right here, huh? Right. You're a low ball hitter. <laughs>